everybody, and welcome to UFO Party. My name is Rachel. And I'm Lori. And today, we're going to talk about a lot of things, kind of. Talk about Jillian's book, underrated episodes, the fall, maybe some other stuff if we have time. Um, see. Okay. Okay, I guess we're going to talk about Jillian's book. I'm so bad at the intro. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jillian's book... Uh, last time on the last episode, I did not have the book. Um, I hadn't bought it yet. Um, and this week, I bought the book. Well, actually, last week I bought the book. I went home for spring break, and I didn't bring the book with me. I forgot it. I meant to. I had all the intentions of bringing it. I brought my journal, and I brought my notes for it that I was going to take on it, but I forgot the book itself, which kind of sucks. But I guess I just wanted to talk about the couple of things I read. I made it to the end of the first essential practice, which is like the being grateful, the five things you're grateful for um, one. And the first thing I noticed with the book was this quote um, by Mary Oliver. And it says, tell me what you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Um, and that quote, that, that made, like this was like a good sign for me because that quote has been posted onto my mother's bathroom mirror for as long as I can remember. Cool. So, like, I was, like, comforted by, I mean, I'm sure that's, like, a popular quote or whatever, but anyway, so I was, like, pretty, pretty pleased with that, and, and then I, my mom also has this quote she posted on the mirror next to it, and I thought that this went so perfect with the book anyway, and it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it says, to leave the world a little better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is the meaning of success. And I think it's really important to kind of break mm-hmm. it down. You don't have to be this grand, you know, your, your success in life doesn't have to be something, you know, grand and life-changing. It just the little things. And I think that's a lot of, you know, what comes from Jillian's book. Yeah, but, my um, my elementary school had a motto. I don't know mm-hmm. if all elementary schools have mottos or if they this do. one had a motto. But our motto was leave every place a little better than you found it. Oh, that's sweet. And that was like, I mean, we would say that like literally every day. And so it was like indoctrination from a young age. Leave every ours, place a little better than you found it. Ours was be respectful, be responsible, be ready to learn. Anyway, and it was a whole song we sang every morning. Well, there you <laughs> go. I mean, we said that like every day, like on the morning announcements, leave every place a little better than you found it. That's good. I like mm-hmm. that. But, like, anyway, as I was reading the book, especially the intro and, like, just those couple of pages before the book actually started, mm-hmm. I just, like, I don't, I just started putting this, like, immense pressure on myself already to make sure that I was going to be good at this. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, I was, like, all right, like, this is a serious book. You have to be good at this. Like, you need to do it. And, like, I was being already, like, so hard on myself just to make sure I was doing this book right. And then, like, right before the book started. I don't have it with the book with me or like read it, but it was talking about, it was like, just take some breaths. It's not that big of a deal. Like they were like, if you're anxious, like don't be. And like, I found like my anxiety leading me because I'd put so much pressure. I was like, all right, Rach, you can't fuck, we can't mess this up. And so anyway, I was just really happy that um, by the end of it, I felt better. I still kind of feel pressure though to like make sure that I do good on it. But it was, it was building up towards like, I don't even know if I want to read this book because I'm like putting so much pressure to do good. But um, and then my last point really was one of the quotes, um, taking care of yourself emotionally, physically, spiritually is a profoundly political act. I just really like that. I really, I feel like that for women is really something because a lot of times, you know, women, 
um, traditionally are like the caretakers and they put other people before themselves. And, and I really think, you know, I think that's just a good quote. And that's really all I have to say about it. I, I, I found the exercise. I've done it every night and, um, I've always come up with 10 things. I've struggled sometimes, but as the nights have gone on, I found my, my pin flowed easier doing so. I didn't have to like pause and think as often, you know, I, they came um, quicker and easier to me. That's really, it's been good so far. And I'm really upset and mad at myself that I left it um, at my other house because I was really, cause I have nothing really to do this week other than homework. So I was going to really read it, but Oh, well, Lori, what about you? Where are you at on your book? Yeah, you know, um, I've read some more. I've gotten up to, um, well, I've read up until part of the first principle, but I'll just talk about the next two essential practices, um, mm-hmm. three and four, because I haven't finished the, the first principle yet. And so, I mean, I'm sort of still struggling. I'm trying to do the 10 things every day, and it is, I'm struggling sometimes to come up with 10 things without being like super repetitive and yeah being I find myself my bed every day because I love my bed mm-hmm. and I typically do it like while I'm laying in bed and so I'm really thankful for my bed every time I'm doing it I always I'm always I'm like thank you for my mom I, I have my mom on my I, list like four different times for different things because my, my my mom's on my list like three times like collectively like with my dad like another two times and then like my dad's on, on the list like two times by himself too so it's like and, yeah well, because, you know, we're both like, I mean, right now you're kind of in like a stagnant place. And, and right. right now this week I have is very stagnant mm-hmm. for me. So it's like, and not that I don't have things to be grateful for. It's just like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing enough stuff to, you, you know, and that's why you have to like really think and be like, you know, just think about, oh, what am I doing right now? Like, what am I grateful for? And I think it's good to do that because then you, you find the, the basics and that's what you're grateful for. But anyway, keep talking. Right. I mean, yeah, that's definitely what I've been trying to do. And then again, like, I'm just thinking, like, last night, something I didn't think about to be grateful for, I should have been grateful for yesterday, and I didn't put that on my list, because I just wasn't thinking about that, you know what I mean? Oh, but did you add it to your list, though? No, I'm going to put that on my list today, because it'll, like, work for today, too. Because what I did last night was I was having, I was thinking, I took a shower, obviously, yesterday, and I was thinking in the shower, I (laughs) used to work at a daycare, and I about how much I miss those kids I worked with the little babies mm-hmm. and um I ended up writing on my list that I was grateful for you know the memories I had with them and even though it wasn't something that was currently in my life like I know thinking about mm-hmm. them and their little cute baby faces even though sometimes it was horrible working there because <laughs> you know bad days but you know, ultimately yeah. they made my life a lot brighter um but so I, I I did I have put things from the past but I think it's just important to yeah come up with things to be grateful for. I don't think there's a lot of rules for it. So. Yeah, I've definitely put a lot of stuff from, like, the past. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, my Facebook memories would show, like, oh, I posted a picture from when I went to England. I'm really grateful for that time, you know, yeah. that I went to yeah. England and stuff. And, like, our trip to Chicago, I was grateful for that one day. And nothing that day had anything to do with Chicago. <laughs> I just thought about it. I was, like, yeah. grateful for that, you know. And so, um you know, it's been an interesting experience, and like you said, like, right now in my life, I'm sort of in, like, a stagnant place where it feels like I don't have a lot to be grateful for, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, so it's a little bit difficult to come up with stuff, because my day-to-day activities consist pretty much of just, like, applying for jobs mm-hmm. and going to the gym and stuff, so it's kind of iffy, you know. It's like but... a monotonous, it's a monotonous time right now, so <laughs> right. I get what you mean. Totally. But um, going on to, like, Essential Practice 3 was actually really fun. 
um, I really enjoyed it. So it had, you know, you think about, like, you're going to help out one of your best friends. And, like, what's, like, ten nice things you would do for one of your best friends? Aww. And then you go and you have to do some of them for yourself. What? I love that. Yeah, oh, my God. I love this book so much. It was much. so great. Oh, how like, sweet is it that? It was really fun to sit there and, like, write, like, and think, you know, oh, well, what would I do for my best friend? And so I, like, wrote up stuff I would do for my best friend. And then when I read the next part, it's like, and now do some for yourself. Some of mine had to be, like, adjusted a little bit because I thought of, like, a specific friend. And I was yeah. like, well, she would really like to watch this movie. But I'm not, but, but when I would do something for myself, I'm not going to watch that movie. I'm going to watch whatever movie, I, you know, so it was yeah, stuff like exactly. that because I thought of a specific person. But it was really fun and it was nice to like allow myself to do something nice for myself. That's really great. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I haven't, you know, because there's that woman book club. Um, I have mm-hmm. not seen anything from that, which is fine. If people I don't think they're going that. slowly. I think they're going, I think oh, that, they're not ahead I, of us. I, I oh, think I think they're going it's... slowly. I think they're just like on the first practice right now. Oh, okay, because I was like, dang, I had not seen anything about that because that's so good. I love that. And then, yeah. I, and that that'll be really fun to read about, like <clears throat> yeah. just hearing people's experiences and like mm-hmm. what they're doing. It'll be really inspiring, I think. So yeah, anyway, it was really fun to like do a couple of nice things for myself, and then you know I'm working on sort of doing like more nice things for myself and allowing myself to do nice things for myself, particularly because like at this time in my life, I'm kind of between things. And it just feels kind of blah and stagnant mm-hmm. and kind of like, I need to be like focusing on getting another job and I am, but it's just, you know, difficult and it's mm-hmm. a whole process. Um, but so that was good. And then um, essential practice for Rachel, get ready for this. It's meditate okay. for two minutes a day. Oh my God. <laughs> um, How's it been going? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot yesterday. Oh. And I kind of didn't, yeah, yeah, yesterday was, was the day I forgot. But and then and the day before, I really kind of sort of didn't meditate for two minutes. I kind of did. I did a yoga with Adrian video. Yeah, I was just getting ready to bring her up. End, and then at the end of yoga, at, at the end of the video, we got into like the corpse pose. Yeah. And I just kind of like laid there for and, a little while longer. Right, because she, a lot of times she encourages you. Yeah, she encourages you to, like, stay in that position past the time. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they just, did they describe anything, like, in the book for you to, like, meditate. But I don't really think there's a right way to meditate, like, no, position-wise or anything. They just kind of said, like, do something. Like, just get somewhere where it's, like, quiet and, like, sit down. Like, either, you know, on a chair, couch, the floor, whatever you want to do. My mom crocheted this gigantic puff thing. And I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, where I'm going to put it. Because I think it would be really fun to, like, sit on the puff to meditate. And so I think I'm going to, like, try and, like, find a spot to put that where I can sort of have that, like, in a corner somewhere. And I can just sit in that and do the meditation. Um, mm-hmm. Two minutes is not bad. No. Um, I-, I can do two minutes. I've gotten really good at knowing when two minutes is going to pass, though. Because, like, I'll have, like, my phone's timer going and I'll have it, like, sitting on the floor in front of me. And I'll have my eyes closed. And I've, like, the past couple times I did it, I, like, picked up my phone, like, right as it went off. That's nice. I think got to where I was, like, timing the two minutes really well. But I just kind of sit there and just focus on my breathing and try not to think of anything else. Have you found anything, like, from it, like, results-wise? Or, like... I don't or is really still... know. Mm-hmm. It's still um, too soon to tell. Right. And I don't really know exactly, like, what I'm looking for. Exactly. Results from the meditation. I mean, I've gotten to where, like, sitting there for two minutes is not horrible. 
Like, it used to be, like, the first time that I was like, this is dumb, this is stupid, I'm just sitting here, like, what am I doing? But I've gotten out of that mentality a little bit now, and it's, like, okay to sit there for two minutes and do nothing. Uh, it says, the connection between you is too slow for good video. Well, that's okay. We can okay. just have... Well, it's okay, too, but you just, while we were just talking right there, and your voice got all distorted, and, like, then you were, like, talking really, really fast to try and catch up with the video. <laughs> so, but, anyway... But you just don't know what you're looking for. But I think the point is, right now at least, is to just keep on doing it. That way you right. can get into the, into the practice. But, mm-hmm. cool. Yes. So I forgot to do yesterday's, but but, but 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 I've done it every day since I read it, Since the, besides yesterday. So. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, so um, now I think we're going to talk about our favorite underrated episodes of The X-Files. So, Rach, you want to get that started? Yeah. Um, we we kind of talk... Well, I know that Lori's episode is very underrated, and um, I think my episode is underrated, but not like mm-hmm. hers is. But I feel like it maybe not might not fit the definition of underrated perfectly. But my favorite episode is Too Shy, which is episode um, six of season three. And basically, I just think it's a kick-ass episode, and, mm-hmm. you know... There's not a lot, there's actually, like, probably zero MSR in it at all, when you say, like, there's nothing really... Yeah, not really. ...romantic. You know, you hardly actually see Mulder and Scully at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're watching that episode, it's so driven by the plot, and I just love um, the idea. Um, I know this is not the first time we've had a villain that eats a piece of somebody's body to survive. Like, you know, we had... <clears throat> uh, What's that? Tombs. Yep, thank you. Uh, we had him with the liver and stuff like that. So I know this is not the first time, but I really think that this kind of plot with you have like Ellen, that character who I I know I related to a lot because she was so insecure with herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really related to her, and I think that a lot of people might, a lot of women. Um, yeah. And I think that. Like, the fact that she met this guy on the internet in a chat room, this, like, I just see her and I'm like, this could be me. Not that I don't go to chat rooms looking to meet, looking for love or anything, but I can certainly relate to just wanting friendship and wanting to be valued and, you know, going to somewhere online because you maybe can't find people like that in real life. And she was Mm -hmm. in a very vulnerable spot. And I just really think that. Um, I just really relate to her as a character, especially just her overall, you know, she's her her overall just insecurity about things. Um, I just, I liked her a lot. Um, I also really liked the way that Scully dealt with the sexism she saw and Mm -hmm. the kind of sexism that happened in that episode was, it was kind of blatant in certain ways, but other ways it's, it's a lot of times the sexism you see every single day where it's so under the radar, like normal that mm-hmm. like the people because like he's not saying oh you're a woman you can't do anything or he's not a massage he doesn't hate women he's a man who is conditioned to think that women can't handle a certain job or they're too emotional right. and I just think that that is the sexism I mean we're de- dealing with all kinds but that is a very hard sexism to deal with because it's so under the radar that people can't see it um unless you're scully who you just she just <laughs> glares at him and I just you know she just stares at him and she just handles it so well and I just really like liked how she handles that whole issue. Um, I wrote notes on it. 
I really, um, I really did like Jesse, who was the blind character in my episode. I was, I was watching Two Shy. I was like, oh my gosh, we both have blind characters in our episode. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's a hint for what my favorite yeah. on episode is. Oh shoot! Is. Sorry, spoilers. No, you're fine. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, but I did it. have that thought as well when I was watching Two Shy, and then I was like, huh. Well, and you know, like I said, we didn't really see a lot of Mulder and Scully in this episode, right. but each time we saw Scully. We saw so well how this case was affecting her. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was the sexism she was dealing with or the fact that these people were getting murdered. And and when she went and talked to Jesse after Jesse's mother had been killed, Mm -hmm. like, you could see her eyes were tearing up. And then at the very end of the episode, when we had her talking to, um, I don't even know his name, the villain guy, um, the guy who eats the fat. Yeah. You know, he just said, I'm just feeding the hunger. And she said, you know, you didn't just feed on their bodies. You you fed on their minds. And and I just think that was such a powerful thing because, I mean, he tried to justify with himself that what he was doing was okay because he needed to survive. But, like, he was not just taking advantage. He was taking advantage of these women and, and getting their hopes up. And then the episode ended with this chilling line, which is the dead are no longer lonely. And I thought that was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then Scully goes, let me out. And I was, it was just such a good episode. I think from beginning to end, I also love that Ellen got to save herself here at the end. You know, yeah. she, there was no, Mulder went and did some parkour tricks outside over Takes some rails. And then, yeah. yeah. And then Scully and Ellen took care of business. And Ellen, you know, I think obviously she surprised herself by shooting the guy, um, I really should have got, wrote down his name. I did really. I worked really hard to remember Ellen's like, name yeah. and Jesse's name, but I forgot his name. Um, but I just thought that was so powerful. I also loved Ellen's hair and her glasses. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's really, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on Kushai? I mean, I really like Kushai as well. I think it's an interesting idea. Like you said, I like that it's, you know, he's meeting these people online and it is something, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that sort of feeling of not being able to find somebody in real life, so you might turn to the internet. It mm-hmm. definitely makes, like, my, like, two okay Cupid dates look a lot better. Because um, <laughs> no one tried to kill me that I know of. I mean, that you know of. You never right. know. <laughs> um, but, but I thought it was a good episode. I really liked it. I liked how much of the focus was put on the guy whose name I also cannot remember. Um... Sorry, but I, <laughs> but I enjoyed seeing like that whole part of it, um, and I thought it was interesting that you know they were able to find him because of like the Latin poems he was using that were like obscure poems, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was an interesting like twist on it that because you know a lot of times you see like oh these villains even on the X Files where they're mutants and stuff they're not particularly sophisticated people so to speak but at this time you know it was he's an intelligent guy and you know i think that makes him all the more evil exactly what he was doing you know he was purposefully trying to woo these women so that they would go out with him and so he could like eat their fat i will you know i was thinking i was like how did this kind of villain originate like you know where did he come from Mm -hmm. and i like to think you know he probably, I bet you, you know, it's like bad blood. There's probably a whole clan of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And maybe I think that, like, they owned, like, they had, like, a plastic surgery business and or, like, a yeah. liposuction thing. And that's how they made their money. He went rogue 
and killed people because he, you know, he's evil, but yeah. his like family does not support him. And there's actually a whole <laughs> bunch, like every liposuction people, you know, they're actually fat eating people. Like they eat them. <laughs> and they tried to use their power for good instead of evil. So they ate the fat from the liposuction. They knew killing people was wrong. And, and he went rogue and they don't support him. And that's what I think happened. Okay. And that's my, that's my, I can say that. Cannon. Uh, that's really all I got for the episode I was gonna say hold on oh I think the reason I don't think it's really and I know it's not underrated and at least that one scene um where the detective you know Scully's getting ready to perform the autopsy there's a big there's a post on tumblr that's Mm -hmm. like pretty big about it but I don't no one no one you know doesn't say it doesn't say it's from you know too shy or whatever but but I just think you know it's not as you know because emphasized because it's not very much msr and there's really like honestly i wonder like how much screen time tim Mulder and scully really have like they really don't mm-hmm. have a lot of screen time and that's really unusual for me because normally i only like to watch episodes that are heavy on the Mulder and scully and that's right. heavy on the way that the case is affecting them personally and which we still got to see the case affecting scully personally because you know she would be you know crying or tearing up or mm-hmm. angry and we got I didn't really see that so much on Mulder's part, but I did see it on Scully's. And I actually don't really remember much of Mulder other than the parkour part at the end. So, <laughs> um, Oh, you know what? Actually, I do remember something about Mulder. It's, okay. And it's a frustrating thing about Mulder. And <laughs> he tells her at the beginning, I don't have it in direct quotations, but they're getting ready to split up. And he says, you go to the cor- coroner's. Like, he tells her what to do. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. It's not just as the one time it happens. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. Where he's like, you go here and you do this. Even, and how, how Mulder and Scully, how I, how I met your wear monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how just, Mulder and Scully, just call it how I met your wear monster. Everyone will know what I, you mean. I was, me and Lori were texting and I, I don't know what I was, I was, I was complaining yeah, I about it maybe. Know. And I was like, I, I was talking about Mulder, what is it? Mulder and Scully with the wear monster. Yeah, said it, yeah. and I and I said to her, I sent her how I met your wear monster, and I didn't even know it was wrong. Like I was like <laughs> how I met your wear monster, and I like I don't know. I was so yeah. <laughs> anyway, but just like there when he tells her to go do stuff, and I'm like, seriously, this is 2016. But there's a whole lot of seriously's in that 2016 season. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about my phone. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. Lori, why don't you uh, tell us about your episode? So my favorite underrated episode is Mind's Eye, which is episode 16 of season 5, the other blind person episode of The X-Files. So in this episode, it's the one where they, um, the, the police respond to a murder and there's a blind woman who's been cleaning up the murder and so they obviously assume the blind woman did it but she's blind so how did she stab this guy so perfectly in this one spot and so you know Mulder and Scully get called in to help out and one of the things I absolutely love about this episode is from the get-go somebody else has the crazy theory the the local detective is like she can see like a bat like supersonic vision <laughs> she can see like a bat. you know like instantly yeah. like and so it's like somebody else has the crazy idea and I just love the look that Mulder and Scully share when he's explaining their crazy idea like Mulder's like see I'm not the only one here like you could be stuck with this guy and I bet you you're gonna bring it up so keep talking I have something to say 
Okay. And I just really, like, loved the whole sort of dynamic with this episode. I loved all the O.J. Simpson jokes. I should have looked up when it originally aired in relation to, like, when the O.J. Simpson verdict came out. Like, Mm -hmm. when it was filmed in conjunction with that. Because there's so many O.J. Simpson jokes. Like, um, I actually looked this up, and there's Mulder's line, because they find some gloves. Scully finds some gloves when she's investigating the crime scene. Mm-hmm. She finds some blood clover, blood covered gloves and they try them on Marty, who is the blind woman and they fit. And Mulder says, even if the gloves fit, you can equi- um Yeah. It's like, even if the gloves fit, hold on, I've got it here on my phone. Even if the gloves do fit, you can still equip, um, which is a reference to obviously the OJ Simpson murder trial. If the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. And David Duchovny improvised that line. Oh, really? See, mm-hmm. all the O.J. Simpson references went over my head because I don't know anything about that at all because I'm uncultured. But <laughs> so, but that's funny. That's funny that they had that. I just, I like, that know that, like, my mom and dad, like, were super into it. And so, like, I've watched, like, the O.J. Simpson versus the people, that, those types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but my mom did once ask. She was like, do you remember the O.J. Do you remember the O.J. Simpson car chase? And I was like, Mom, I was a year and a half old. I don't believe that qualifies <laughs> as something that I can remember. But, um, and I don't really have that many notes. I don't do a good job of taking notes when I watch things because I think I'll remember things. And then I watched this so long ago that I don't really remember everything. But I also just really love, um, like, the snark that Scully gives Mulder in this episode. Like, she really talks back to him a lot. Um you know, because he talks about, oh, well, she, pa-, you know, they do the polygraph on Marty, and she passes on every question except for the question of, did you see the murder? She said no, but that was, like, shown as a lie. And then Scully goes, would you like me to remind you why polygraphs are inadmissible in court? And I love that for two reasons. One, I love the snark behind it, and two, I love that a show was finally acknowledging that polygraphs are not, in fact, admissible evidence <laughs> in a court Because normally they'll just be like, oh, yeah, we got him on the polygraph. Perfect. We're good to go. But, no, nah, you can't use that in court, bruh. That's uh, funny. But that was kind of all the notes I really had on it. But I just really loved the whole concept of this episode. I loved that there was this woman who was seen through the mm-hmm. eyes of her biological father who happened to murder her mother and she had been seen jail for so long that she was willing to sort of aid and abet him unbeknownst to him just so she didn't have to go back to jail i loved that sort of concept and i love that at the end she kills him and you know that it's mm-hmm. worth it to her like you know she would rather you know she would rather physically be in jail than mentally have to be stuck in that jail like seeing the jail all the time mm-hmm. and so i thought that was really interesting and i loved when Mulder went to visit her at the end yeah i know i really liked it was a really um, good episode yeah i really liked um Mulder, you know he, the way he understood uh, marty like he really understood her right. as a, you know as a character and um I liked that, um, like, you're talking about the banter between Mulder and Scully. Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't, um, when I was thinking these things, I didn't, like, connect it to that, but thinking of it, I think that's why I thought it, but I was just, I was, like, watching the show, and I just was like, I love this show so yeah. much. Like, I was just, like, looking at them and watching them talk to one another, and they both look really good this episode, by the way, too, like, mm-hmm. like physically, aesthetically. Yeah, I and was then, like, season five is, like, my, like, peak Mulder and Scully, so that's also yeah. a plus for this episode. 
I thought Mulder looked pretty good. Most, I'm always on point for Scully, but Mulder, I'm iffy about. He looked really good this episode. Um, I also thought the idea was a really original great idea. Like, yeah. Too Shy, if we look at that, the episode idea isn't at its most original, but I think that, you know, you can, you know, see the connection between her, her and her father and the blindness. And I think that was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I think they did well. And then um, you haven't seen, you've seen some of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Well, she reminded me, they have a, did you know the blind character Toph? Vaguely, like I've okay. seen stuff. Well, essentially Toph and Marty, like they, they, they're both kind of angry and they, Toph constantly made jokes about her blindness, like sarcastic, like, yeah. And that's just like Marty did. And it reminded me so much of Toph um, from mm-hmm. the from Avatar Last Airbender. Um, I also and then, like that Mulder gets called skeptical in this episode. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. That's what I was thinking yeah. of a while ago. I was like, I, I've I got that on my notes, it. but I went through my notes out of order. So I missed that one and just noticed that one. That Yeah, I love that Mulder's called. He's like, you're one skeptical guy, Agent Mulder. And he's like, wait till I tell Scully I got called skeptical. He was like offended. He was like yeah. skeptical. <laughs> That's an insult. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny too. Um, oh, and then um, I really thought her interaction between, um, not her, Marty, her interaction <laughs> with the cop who gave her back her wallet and he was mm-hmm. like she's like there better be two these better be two 50s or no there's better 20s. be two 20s and he goes i place them with 50s since you're so damn sweet and i just thought that was really cute and i like to think yeah. that somewhere i think and that cop i think had no, you know a little bit of affection for her and it was really yeah. sweet to watch him be so fond with her yeah and i'm not getting chippy about it but maybe a little <laughs> like just because it was very sweet and yeah and she the way there she smiled afterwards yeah yeah it was very sweet. But that's really all I yeah, have I mean, to say about it. It's a really good episode, and it's one of those things. When I first started um, watching The X-Files, I stayed off of, like, all online services about it. Um, because, you know, I didn't, wa- I didn't want to be spoiled on what was coming next on the show. Because, I mean, obviously, I'm watching this show, like, 20 years late. You know, like, people mm-hmm. are going to... You know, there's stuff online about it. So I was doing my best to avoid the spoilers. And once I watched this episode, I was like, I can't wait to see what people say about this episode. And um, it's been like two years and still no one says anything about Cricket this Cricket chirp. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it's a really... I mean, because I it was one of the ones why... I loved. Like, it's, you know, when I would been, I was binge watching it. And so I'd like... Occasionally my mom would ask about it because she she never watched the show but, you know, she knew I was watching it, so she'd watch it sometimes. So she'd, you know, like, let me t- tell her about it sometimes. And this was one of the episodes, like, Mom, I gotta tell you about this episode. And, like, nobody else, like, seems to care about this episode. I think it's just because, and I mean, I bet you people do like it and, right. you know, and everything. It's just, like, I guess really, we're talking about it in depth, but, like, really, there's really not a lot of Mulder and Scully action going on right. you know, together. It's hard to get a lot of people to talk about it, to squeal about it at once. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, if, cause you know, back then, if it was, you know, coming out, if there was a lot of good reactions towards it, because it, I think it's a pretty solid episode with like, yeah. a good plot and, and good characters and a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. But I guess it's just not, and I'm not criticizing any of the fandom or anything. For, right. You of know, course. It's yeah, just I mean, like, of course it's not going to get as much that. attention just because mm-hmm. it's Mulder and Scully, not, it's not, and I get that. Like that's, fine like but we're just talking about underrated episodes not trying to make a statement about what the fandom likes or doesn't so yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, I mean, obviously everyone's free to talk about whatever they want to talk about. I was just expecting to be more discussion about this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were, we, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because it's good. And you're like, why, is it, why are people talking about this? <laughs> right, yeah. So this is a great episode. I love this episode. <laughs> and so it's remained one of my favorites. And it's something like, I mean, because I've mentioned to like some other people who I've like talked to in the family, like, oh, what's that episode again? And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's the one with the bot. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, like everyone I brought it up to is like, oh, yeah, that is a good episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody, like, sits and goes, like, okay, let's talk about how great this episode is. And, you know, I just I... really love the, the case and the plot, yeah. you know. Well, you know, I'm, like, guilty of really watching the episodes that are heavy in MSR. Like, right. I don't I don't really rewatch the X-Files casually like I should. Like, I, I guess there's no right way to do it. But, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm... And I think, I don't know where it was at. I was, I get, usually I watch the X-Files as I'm getting ready for like I'm putting on makeup or I'm straightening my hair or whatever. And this episode came on and I totally kind of forgot about it. And it was like, it was a couple of weeks before we decided we were going to talk about underrated episodes. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is a really good episode. And then Lori was like, oh, that, that, my favorite underrated episode is Mind's Eye. I was like, no way, I just watched that. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of worked out that we both felt that way yeah. about it. So. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, I mean, it was it's interesting, you know, um, how all the different episodes, because like you said, I mean, a lot of, obviously a lot of this fandom is based on MSR, and I'm just as guilty of that as everybody else Hell in yeah. this fandom Hell yeah, MSR is. trash. <laughs> uh, you know, sitting there and being like, well, like, like honestly, if I were to go to, like, any random X-Files episode on my Netflix, it's probably queued up to an MSR scene. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, it's right at exactly. the end of an MSR scene, because uh-huh. I just, like, watch that one scene, so, uh-huh. you know, I mean, so I'm just as guilty of it as everybody else, but every now and then, like, one of those episodes will just have such a good plot line that like the fact that there is minimal msr doesn't really matter exactly i I think there is like a little bit of like cute like banter in this episode but not a whole lot for sure i mean it's definitely Mm -hmm. not a super msr episode yeah it's it's enough banter to get you along and then you follow the plot because it's really good yeah of course yeah yeah so I guess we'll kind of just segue are we good about the episodes yeah yeah okay we can segue into the fall and you know, with Jillian Anderson and on the BBC. And Lori and I, I think we've talked about this topic a lot. Um, we have. We do not, there we was do not one see time. eye to eye about the fall. Um, <laughs> well, there was, like, we... one time we were, like, voice messaging because, like, we both, like, use, like, Apple products for, like, our phones. And so we were, like, voice messaging. And I was, like, driving home from work. And I'm like, well, you know, when someone commits suicide like that, and I'm like, these people think I'm nuts. Yeah, I'm just in my car talking about suicide and murder and rapists. And... We we talked about it pretty extensively, I yeah. think. But we're going to talk about it again because it's always... Well, you know, actually, Jillian had said... I don't know what source. I just saw it on Tumblr. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really, really <laughs> getting those credentials and making sure that I, I know where these sources are coming from. But um, she said it, like, at a conference or something that the fall was basically over and that mm-hmm. they're maybe... I think it was like they're probably not returning to it. And I was just very, 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 very disappointed that that wasn't something we were going to see again. Um, Mostly because of Stella Gibson and just how much we don't know about her and how much I felt like we should have learned about her. But the route they decided to take, they didn't make like they didn't allow us to learn more. So like, you know, in the first season, we we had a lot of Stella and then by the third season, I felt like she'd become kind of just like a side character mm-hmm. and we didn't, 
get to learn a whole lot about her herself. We got like hints. We got a taste of what she was. And, and you know, I'll, everyone always describes Stella, and I agree with them that she is a very strong female character. But um, I want to know what her story was before. You know, you aren't always a strong, you know, like she had to develop into that woman. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to know what, you know, what caused her, you know, what, how, her, what her story was. But anyway, Lori. Yeah, I mean, my feelings on it are sort of complicated. Um, but I mean, I don't feel like we, I mean, I, it would have been nice to know more about Stella, but I don't really feel like I needed that. Um, I think it's sort of a situation where you can sort of project what you want onto it. And I think that that might have been deliberate on their parts. So, like, Stella grows up into being this super strong, fierce woman. And you know she had a rough background. So you can make that whatever you want it to be. If you want her to have the same background that you had, you can do that. And you can say that, you know, I can be this strong, confident woman. If Stella could overcome it, so can I. And so mm-hmm. I kind of think that that, I might be giving them too much credit, but I feel like I that think, might have been intentional. <laughs> I like your thought. I do. I think that. Because, I mean, that's something like, you know, I mean, I've struggled with mental health and stuff. So, I mean, it's nice for me to be able to go, okay, well, you know, she went through the same types of stuff I did. I like that idea, but I do think that, I think to an extent that maybe some of that is, but I think, and I, I really like that idea. And I like to be like, yeah, that's what they wanted you to do, but I don't think. I don't know. And that's not the kind of show, I don't know. It's not what I was right. wanting from the show. And that's, and if that's how they wanted to do it, I guess that's fine too, but not the kind of show that I wanted. And I just wonder for Jillian as an actress, how, like what her personal headcanons were. And cause I know I, she probably wouldn't call it that, but you know, like right. what she thought, you know, Stella's life had been like, because when, you know, when you're an actor, you know, it's, I don't know. And what I've learned through, you know, like, you know, theater and stuff is you, you know, you have to kind of create a backstory for your character so you can act the way that she does and you have a reason and you have motivation and, and all that stuff. And so I wonder, I'm curious for her, you know, what, what her personal story for Stella was. And I, I don't need to know it, but because it might be personal. And so I don't, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying, like, I wonder if she had to create a whole world for Stella or if she was like given information or if there was information there that we just didn't know about because I just don't I just don't think it's I mean I'm gonna sound whiny but I just don't think it's fair you know we didn't get to we got to see Stella for who who she was now we never got to see her for who she was then and I don't know and I I like I definitely like your idea though that that maybe they wanted us to create Stella ourselves but yeah I feel like that wasn't like for I don't know it just wasn't that way for Paul or anything you know like I mean, I don't know. yeah, I mean, but Paul was a different type of character in that, like, nobody wants to turn into Paul. Um, and also in the fact that, you know, it's about, like, because I think it's interesting because when I started watching the show, I mean, like you said, obviously, like, in the first season, it was definitely a lot more balanced in how much attention was spent on Paul and how much attention was spent on Stella. If that, if but that's it got the, more. If that's how the show stayed, I wouldn't have minded it because... Right. I would I would not have minded it, but this the way the show ended with it just being I feel like it was like three quarters Paul and like a fourth Stella. Right. I mean and, I mean I definitely agree with you on that, but I think it just kinda depends on like, you know, you were expecting it to stay that way and I was sort of when I started watching it, I sort of assumed that eventually we were gonna focus more on Paul. Like the story that was told was Paul's story 
And Stella was just an actor in that story. She was a player in that story. See, that's and not that's how, sort of how I interpreted the show from the beginning. I did not interpret the show like that at all. I was like, Stella is a detective and she got called in on a case that they couldn't solve. And that was like, and like, sure, Paul was part of the story, but I, I didn't interpret it as Paul's story. And I guess that is really mm-hmm. the sole issue, like the crux of the problem is how right. you interpreted the show was going to be. Because initially it started out to be 50. Yeah, I mean, it 50, definitely 50. was 50 50. And, and I can then, definitely see how people would think, oh, Stella's the main character. I mean, because they were like co-main characters for the first yeah. season, two seasons. And then the third season, I and I just, I don't. And I just do not get it. I, Lori, she likes that kind of aspect of it, but I didn't like it very yeah. much. Um, but I'll let Lori talk about um, the whole memory part if she wants to. But Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot yeah. to say. I don't think about it. But, but I mean, I did like it because I think it is a really interesting thing. And I mean, the whole like legal aspect of it was also super interesting to me in dealing with like, well, you know, if he's forgotten his memory and then, you know, well, has he really forgotten things or has, or is he just making this up? Like, was this all some grand plan of his? I think that's super interesting to sort of explore that. But I mean, again, I think that the reason I was so receptive to it was because sort of like from the get go, I was assuming that this story was going to be Paul's story and not Stella's story. Yeah, I, I did and not... so I think if I if I'd gone into the season expecting still equal fifty fifty between Stella and Paul, I would have been really disappointed. I just didn't expect it, and then I don't know. To me, the debate whether or not he had gotten his memory back and you know was acting you know innocent or if he'd really truly lost his memory, that debate for me was pretty boring, and I didn't care because I just. It just didn't appeal to me, that kind of story. And then that I just did not like where the show went with mm-hmm. it. I don't like, I didn't like how that whole debate went. And I I can't even really talk about it specifically anymore because it's been so long since I've watched it. And I don't right. I mean, I sort it. of feel the same way too. I haven't rewatched this. Yeah, I don't fall. plan on rewatching it unless I just watch Stella Gibson scenes, which I will just scroll through and watch. I won't watch the whole thing. Because me, I'm like... I can't watch the bloody and gory stuff that much. Like I can watch it maybe the one time, mm-hmm. but then afterwards I don't like to watch it. Um, so I definitely didn't enjoy watching. Like I, I can't even watch Hannibal, which is you know Jillian's other show. Yeah, I, I can't do the Hannibal. I, I actually started out watching Hannibal before I even knew Jillian. Like I didn't Same. even. Like I watched, I watched Hannibal when it was like coming out, like See, season okay, one. Okay, so this is an interesting story. Cause I don't know if I've told you this. Um. Hannibal started around the time that I like had a situation with a sociopathic person mm-hmm. and somebody recommended I watch it to sort of see a socio I don't know why they recommended I watch it but I but it was like when maybe like three episodes were three or four episodes were out at that time and so I watched them and I was like mm, yeah that's kind of but I don't really want to watch the show yeah I think I remember that um the last the last thing I remember of that show that I watched was that, like, they were growing, like, I feel like they were growing flowers or something out of the ground with people's bodies somehow. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's good. I'm fine. And I stopped watching it because it was just too much. It was too, it was too, too deep yeah, it's for too me. Much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just stick to, you know, the Jodie Foster version of the story and, or whatever 
What yeah. was it? Silence of the Lambs. That's yeah, that's as much as I can take. Um, that's the same guy, right? That's the same. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I Hannibal. But luckily, somebody, some saint, went through and just took all of Julian's scenes and <laughs> and put them all together in a YouTube video, which I still haven't watched yet. But maybe one day. I just, I just too much, too much. And doesn't she like stick her hand down the throat of somebody? I think Zachary Quinto. I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. she does. And I'm like, it's oh, just like, okay. yeah. Which I mean, if, if I was an actor, show, yeah. if I was an actor, I'd be like, hell yeah, I want to do that. That sounds so cool. But like, as a person watching, because it's so realistic, it I'm is. Like, yeah. That's okay. I don't. I don't. I don't want to watch it. Like, I'll <laughs> yeah. just. I'll just pass. I'll just. I'll just read a summary later. <laughs> I yeah. don't. My friend who who I got into the X Files, she really loves that kind of stuff. So she was like, "Oh my god, Jillian's so cool! I can't believe all this." And I'm just like, "Well, I'll just go watch that one movie um, with her and uh, what's the guy? Um, Frick." The comedy, the romantic comedy. Oh, John Stewart. Yes, John Stewart. Mm -hmm. I'll just go watch that a couple times and and be good with my billion six, and I won't watch Hannibal. (laughs) But you know, her wardrobe's cool. I think. Yeah. I'm from Stephen Pictures, and it just like freaks. Like the show, just kind of as a concept, it's too gory for me. Yeah. Like. And that's where the fall kind of borderline for me. I was like, I don't think I. It was, it was just too dark of a show, and I. I Yeah. But anyway, so where are we at in time? We're, we're, we're pretty long. Oh, shoot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why don't we stop? Maybe we should cut out some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can cut out, like, all that tall, that small talk. We get to talk in, and then it's bad. Yeah, I mean, this oh, is the fuck. type of situation where we've had some very long phone conversations before. Damn. Um, what should we cut out? I mean, we can talk about this after we give give an outro, rather than making this even longer. Lori Smart. All right, Lori, take it <laughs> okay. away. Well, um, now that we've talked for long enough, I guess this is all you'll hear from us for right now. Um, but if you want to get in contact with us, we do have an email. You can email us at ufopartypodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on each of our own individual Twitters. I'm at foxathinmolder.tumblr.com. I am Scully and Scrubs at Tumblr.com, and she said Twitter, but it's Tumblr. Just to, it is it is Tumblr. My just bad. to just to just to I mean, you got that with the Tumblr URLs, but I'm just emphasizing that it was yeah. Tumblr, not Twitter. Yes, it 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 is Tumblr. My bad. You good? Um, you good girl. And so I guess that's it from us for this week. So we'll you'll hear from us next time. Bye. Bye. I can't believe we went so far over. this.